pick up any newspaper, watch cable news channels, surf internet news websites. It's all yesterday's news today. You need tomorrow's news today. You need Trends Vision 2020 now with Gerald Salente. Welcome to Trend Vision 2020. I'm Doug Grunther with another special podcast this evening. This is part two of our conversation with one of the world's leading experts on cannabis, Bradford Beckerman. Gerald Salente is still out of the country. He'll be back next week, but we have Brad for part two. And yesterday we were talking about medical marijuana. Let's talk recreational. Where do we stand now? I mean, there are a lot of hot products out there. Totally. What are some of the cool products out there um, right now? In food and beverage, uh, basically gummies in food and beverage is a hot seller and mover. Um, that That's something that just, I don't know, it just took off. It seems people want gummies. Really? Yeah. Um, what about drinks? Drinks have definitely taken off too. I haven't seen an awesome drink yet. Really? But they're definitely out there. Um, there's a bunch of companies that make drinks, and, every, and it's all individual states because no state can cross lines. So your drink company in Colorado, is that's where it is. And California is California. There are ways to do licensing deals to have both. Like for celebrities, they'll license two different processors in two different states to put the same name and label on similar products, but that's it. All right, how about other countries? Are, are we seeing uh, cannabis uh, products in other countries? Mm. I can't really speak to it to, to the level I'd love to because I was just in Colombia, you know, on a cannabis mission, but they haven't done sales yet. Really? So I, I didn't, I didn't really see what they. So were, what are the leading states in the United States on this trend? Uh, California, as usual, trend setting, coming out with things before their people, as usual. Mm -hmm. Colorado is 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 major. Um, Washington D.C. has really? come on out of nowhere. I mean, they're. They're in you know, the Northeast. Massachusetts has just come on, and I haven't been there recently and seen what they're you know, doing. But really, I mean, it's, it's every walk of life that already exists, people really are just putting can marijuana into it. Everything from, from patches, like you know, a nicotine patch. Mm -hmm. Well, we have a THC patch. We have a CBD patch. We have an indica patch, a sativa patch. But for I someone mean, listening or watching us right now, if they're not living, if they're in the United States and they don't live in a state where it's legal, mm -hmm. if they, let's say, went to Massachusetts and walked into a store, would they be forced to, and they showed them a driver's license that wasn't Massachusetts? Could they still purchase a product? Hundred percent. Got to be twenty-one years old. Okay. That's what basically the adult use or the you know recreational means is. You have to be twenty-one years old to come in and buy this product. It's irrelevant where you're from. In the medical uh, scene, you have to live in the state. And you can buy that product from a medical dispensary in the state, and you need to keep that product in the state. Hmm. Okay, that's so that's it. good to know. So, so in terms of recreational use, and I know you, you like to call it adult use rather than recreational use. Why is that? You know, I don't think that um, recreational is really the meaning for adult use cannabis, meaning anybody who's over 21 can buy marijuana in California, let's say. Well, it's a range of people. You have your college kids who want it for a football game on Sunday, and you have medical patients who want it for cancer treatment. Mm -hmm. So I would have to call that adult use. I can't just call it recreational because it disrespects everybody with a medical need. 
person with epilepsy is using recreational cannabis? Well, what, I don't think let, so. Let, so <laughs> let's talk about, I, I appreciate the distinction, but let's say somebody is, is not looking for the medical use. We're looking for, we're looking, we're either looking to get high or relax. Mm -hmm. And let's even talk about that. Recreationally, for example, if there's cannabis and foods, some of that is, is there to get you high. Some of it's there just to take the edge off, right? Sure. It really, I think it depends on the person and the dose. The same person with one level of dosing may just get relaxed and feel more comfortable. With a higher level, they may get high. You know, another level, they may want to go to sleep on an airplane and they could use a high indica, you know, strain in edibles and just be sleeping. That'd for be great for ride. a long plane ride. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, but in terms of like, if we compare it to alcohol, right? If we're an adult and we're legally allowed to purchase alcohol on a wine bottle, it'll tell you the percentage of alcohol in wine. It could be anywhere from 11 to 15 percent, and that actually makes a difference. Mm -hmm. um, things are 50 proof, 80 proof, 90 proof. We, it's listed there, so you have some sense of of how you're going to react to mm -hmm. it. Is that analogous to? Uh, to cannabis yet. In other words, if you buy, a, if you go to Massachusetts, which is yes. close to us, and you go in, would you be able to look on a label yes. and get a feel for it? Yes. It literally says on the label on, we're talking about buds, you know, the percentage. You can see, and in, in the indoor grown marijuana, in the medical industry, you're looking at 20 to 30% mm -hmm. THC. So that's on the flower. But if a person's buying a tincture, Mm -hmm. You know, which is made of THC distillate and MCT oil, medium chain triglyceride of organic coconut. We you all knew that. Of course. You know, but that's going to be a higher percentage. People who eat edibles uh, are going to be able to get, you know, only 10 milligrams in per serving, but they can eat five servings and immediately have 50 milligrams in 30 to 45 minutes when it kicks in. So that's stronger than just smoking something. So, so, so in a state where this is legal, mm -hmm. if one of us walks into a store, uh, does the person who's selling it, do they have to go through some kind of educational, I mean, do they have to know what they're selling? Um, it would make sense for the store to hire, like you know, with a bartender. If the bartender doesn't know how to make a Long Island iced tea and a martini, it's not he or she's not going to be a very good bartender. Mm -hmm. So you do have to have a certain amount of knowledge. I'm not sure how each state regulates that or tests that or if it's up to the individual store owners, but I'm sure there's some level. I mean, a good place has good bud tenders. Mm -hmm. They have to have good product, and they have to know how to talk about it, and that's what generates sales, just like in a wine store. You have to have great bottles of wine and an educated person in wine to be able to convey the nuances and the benefits of this versus that. Okay, we're talking with Bradford Beckerman. He is uh, a correspondent and a journalist with the Trans Journal. So if you subscribe to the Trans Journal, you would have known some of what we're talking about because he's written some fascinating articles for the journal. And to subscribe, you go to Trans Journal at TransJournal.com. One more time, Trans Journal at TransJournal.com. Now, Brad, you have had experience in the cannabis business. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your business, your experience, and for our entrepreneurs out there, how might they get involved in this fascinating, mm -hmm. growing so, trend? Gotcha. So when I moved out to Colorado, I uh, went and got my license to work in an MIP, which is Marijuana Infused Product Facility. 
Um, it allowed me to work in a cultivation facility or a marijuana-infused property facility or a retail store. Basically, it was a license to work in the industry in mm -hmm. Colorado. I can't remember if it cost $50 or $100, something like this. No, no. I remember I was number 23,000-something <laughs> who was licensed in the state of Colorado to work in the industry. And then I got a job, and I worked in a, a cultivation uh, area and, and a marijuana-infused process area. I got paid $20 an hour as a new person who didn't really know uh, what to do exactly in there, and I was shown what to do, and I continued it on. But it was a great scene because it was a good amount of money for an inexperienced person who was passionate, wanted to learn, and I got you know, a real hand in the, in the business. So it was very now, Did neat. you go into private business? Um, yes, after uh, Colorado experience, I opened up a hemp business in New York. So um, I still work with a, a farm and a processor in Colorado, but in New York, I have a mission-based for-profit business called Hennepin's. What does mission-based mean? Um, my landlord is the ARC. So that is a national charity for people with developmental disabilities or people with medical challenges. So they're my landlord. I got space within them and I've agreed to hire on their members. Hmm. So I have three members on my team um, you know, that are ARC members and have medical challenges and they work in, in, in conjunction with me and some other business partners. What, what is your company. business? Do you make a product or you distribute a product? Uh, we do both. Um, we don't actually make the product. We have a processor and a farmer who, you know, facilitate that for us. So they're our co-packer uh, and we have a brand. So we have the co-packer manufacture our products to our specifications. And what, and what are you exactly selling? So we sell isolate, we sell distillate, we sell creams, we sell buds of hemp, we sell vape products, we sell gel caps, and we now sell tinctures. I'm just tinctures. curious, so uh, where, where could I find it? So Hennepin's, Hennepin's.com is our website. Uh, of course, we don't have credit card processing right now, mm -hmm. which is a banking issue. We'll get to the so, Safe Banking Act uh, in our next segment. Yeah. So Hennepins.com, and we're, of course, doing distribution up and down the state of New York with two vehicles. Okay. So um, for entrepreneurs out there, what would be the best way for them to either learn about a business or go about getting a business started? Um, I think it's always best to work in a business before you start a business. So basically, in whatever state uh, you're in, you should go to a state, if you're not in one, with legal cannabis, whether it's medical or recreational or adult use, and get in the system. You know, get, get, get a license to work in the industry and go learn that industry firsthand. And then, you know, open up a business. But I think you really got to see how it's working on a, on a legal level before you just go open up your own All right, so you place. mentioned a legal level. What, what if somebody watching or listening to us is a good, has a good business head? They've, they've been mm -hmm. successful in business. They, they don't, they're not in a position in life to move to another state to get in, involved mm -hmm. in it personally, but they, but they can hook up with somebody okay. who has, let's say, your, your type of knowledge, but not their business sense. Got it. Wouldn't it make sense to hook up? And what would be the legal challenges you need, in different states? To get it done, you need two people. You need a cannabis consultant and a cannabis attorney. A cannabis attorney? So I have cannabis counsel. Represents my company, Hennepin's. Absolutely. This is a person who is an attorney who has an expertise in cannabis law, mm -hmm. studies that, 
and works really in it. So with that being said, you need someone to help you with the applications and the licenses and all that stuff and the rules and regulations in the industry. In my opinion, that's really a combination of cannabis counsel, somebody who you could hire to even help you with the forms and do the forms and get it done because they do that for a living. They help people open cannabis businesses, which is a lot of legalities and forms. Can you open a cannabis business anywhere in the United States? Uh, no. So, in other words, we know there are only certain states where you can actually make the product. Are then there are only certain states in which you can go into a, business, a cannabis business? Yes, and they're the same states. Same if you can states. make so it there, then you can sell it there. So but we still have a ways to go to, to get this moving here. Yes, this is not national. This is about approximately 30 states with medical cannabis and approximately 10 states with this adult, with the recreational. Question that, that involved both for both medical and for adult use, as you like to, to call it. Um, with wines, for example, when I first got into wine back in the 1980s, it was France and California. Mm -hmm. Those are your basic your two choices. Italy wasn't allowing their best wines to be exported. Now, we not only have great wines from Italy, Spain, South America, South right. Africa, uh, because of all that expansion, prices have come down, all right? Correct. I, can I guess that we're going to start seeing that with cannabis? And what, for example, you can taste the difference between a wine, a, a grape that's a varietal that's grown in France versus that same grape varietal mm -hmm. being grown in California. Yes. Can we taste those same differences or, or get different effects on whether the cannabis was grown, say, in California or Colombia? If it's the same strain, I don't think the effect would be very different, but the physical look of the plant may be a little bit different color and maybe a different size, depending on the you know, geography and whether it's indoor or outdoor um, and, that, and that kind of thing. But uh, the states that really, um, Oregon has the least expensive cannabis in the country. Hmm. You know, uh, Washington State's been going at it for a while. They have a lot of great cannabis. California's probably, I mean, People would say is the best state for 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 cannabis because they've been doing it so long mm -hmm. and they focused on it so much. But Colorado really has come a very long way in a very short time. If we come east so, of the Mississippi, is it Massachusetts and not much else? That's that's correct, sir. It's just Massachusetts at this point. I mean, that's your only place, and that's been delayed and everything else. But it's now opening up, and there are a number of uh, cannabis stores in Massachusetts open for 21 and over business. So with all the progress we've made since you got involved in 2005, 2006, we do have a long way to go and we have yes. to start pushing for this. There's no reason for this. this is a miracle. It's a miracle plant. Yes. And that's why, you know, Gerald Salente and the Trends Journal are behind the Cannabis Freedom Act, yes. which says, wait a minute, treat the cannabis plant the same way you treat any other plant. There's no reason for all other than greed or puritanical mm -hmm you know, restrictions. Uh, there's no reason for all this. This should be, yes. this should be all around. The, this should be everywhere. Um, let's, uh, we have a little time left. Let's talk a little bit about the Safe Banking Act because as you sure. pointed out, in your business, mm -hmm. you can't take credit cards. Is Correct. that going to change? Supposedly it is. Uh, in May, there's supposed to be uh, some rule getting passed and then banks will be available to do it. But so far, what, what I've learned is that if you're a business that does $500,000 a month or more, you'll be, uh, have a processor for your CBD or hemp business. If you don't do that, you won't get one. So 
So you won't be able to take credit cards no. and things like that? No, sir. I mean, our company has not been able to take credit cards yet. We do um, direct store deliveries. So we, we drive in the van and we go to stores. We sell to them wholesale. They sell the customers retail. But as a company, we've not been able to get the retail pricing yet because we haven't been able to sell it on our websites. We're not able to take credit card hmm. yet. All right, but, you, but that's coming. It is hopefully, coming. And we need to push... Uh, the legislators to yes. free this plant up. This Please. is crazy. It saved this man. It saved your life. Yes, it did. Um, all right. Uh, so uh, finally, um, you know, with all the experience you've had, what do you see the trends going forward from today, say, next year, next two years? Okay. We talked about hopefully the Safe Banking Act will at least help somewhat. Mm -hmm. What are some of the other things we should look at regarding the cannabis trend? So one of the biggest trends coming in the hemp plant uh, for CBD, but again, since it really is the same plant, it works through marijuana. Anything that you can do to marijuana, you can do to hemp or vice versa. Mm -hmm. But the biggest technology right now that's coming out, and some companies have started it, bringing it out, is the water-soluble. Water-soluble? Yes. Why is that a big so, trend? Well, we're 80% water. Right. So having, uh, and all cannabis is oil-based mm -hmm. before then, so it's hard sometimes for our bodies to absorb all of it. The bioavailability is not there. That's why we mix with that MCT oil to have better bioavailability on a, a sublingual tincture. Mm -hmm. um, but the nanotechnology that is now available through science and good manufacturing process um, allows this water-soluble powder for a cannabinoid, CBD, THC. So. Um, that's just a game changer because... And what, when do we expect to see this come it's, out? It's already out. So some companies have it right now. Uh, we'll be launching it over the summer, you know, Hennepin's. Uh-huh. But other companies, some companies have it, other companies don't. But in the next year, that is going to be, I believe, a really big focus is the water-soluble cannabis because that just makes it so applicable. You could put it in water. You could give it to your dog in water. You could put it in orange juice, oatmeal, soup. It just makes it work faster in our bodies and it allows, it opens up the whole food market completely, which everybody eats food who's alive. So this makes it more normal to take this plant in. Now you mentioned dogs. Do we have uh, any entrepreneurs out there that are marketing cannabis to pets? Absolutely. Uh, we have a pet tincture, but every, <laughs> every, every company does. Uh -huh. Basically, what the science shows is that dogs, cats, humans, and horses have an endocannabinoid system in our bodies. Therefore, we all benefit from cannabinoids. Hmm. The best place to get cannabinoids is marijuana or hemp. Foods that have cannabinoids that we call cannabimimetic foods are carrots, raw cacao, and echinacea. That's it. Hmm. So that's, the, in my opinion, that's why the only uh, cake that we make out of a vegetable is carrot cake. Mm -hmm. Because people really feel good when they get cannabinoids. And by the way, one last thing. The first time you got cannabinoids in your life is from your mother if you were breastfed. Humans women, we, women produce cannabinoids in their breast milk to feed their children. So as a human, I really believe that cannabinoids are a superfood that we really need in our diets. Now, 
Talking about entrepreneurship again, we know how capitalism works in this country. <laughs> the rich get richer, okay? And yet sometimes someone can sneak in mm -hmm. with a new product. So if you're not going to compete with the big guys out there, uh, what are some examples of maybe uh, a way to kind of sneak into this industry? Um, the creams and oils for massage, like a massage oil mm -hmm. or making a cream. Because if people are able to get the cannabis product in a distillate form or isolate form or full spectrum uh, produced form, they can just mix that with a cream and some MCT oil and have a new product. So that's a quick way that I've seen numerous small businesses just get involved. So I'm, I know I'm learning a lot. I didn't know there were specific cannabis attorneys, but it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and um, we've been talking with Bradford Beckerman. He is one of the world's leading authorities on cannabis, as you've heard. Uh, let us know again your website again. You have a it, company that's, sure. that has a lot of products. Um, thank you. Yes, our website is hennepens.com, H-E-N-N-E-P-E-N-S.com. And my email is bradford at hennepens.com. All right, that's Brad Beckerman. And we appreciate your spending time with us. We look forward to future articles from you in the Trans Journal. And remember, uh, if you want to read history before it happens, if you want to be ahead of the curve on trends like cannabis, subscribe to the Trans Journal. You do that by going transjournal at transjournal.com. I'm Doug Grunther for Trend Vision 2020.